Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Ramblers, let's get rambling. Another episode of Ramble with Russell, episode 614 of my podcast, The Home Intelligent Rambling, right here on the Talk Show Network, one of the longest running single hosted pop culture podcast in Ontario. I'm your host, Russ Hale. A terrific show lined up for you today with lots of things to talk about as we march into 2021 and February. I hope everybody's been having, you know, a good and safe time. Before we get into what I'm going to talk about on the show today, I did want to go over some news. You know, that, that's happened since the last time I talked, and a little kind of like bonus mini-reviews for you guys in another Hollywood outbreak update. I like to call these things, because we're still dealing with the global going bugger, and so we gotta, you know, do what we gotta do. So, the the, the stuff for the, uh, before we get into what's on the rest of the show, I do want to talk about a few things that have been on my mind since the last time I recorded. And that is uh, the, the the starts of two shows, uh, WandaVision and Batwoman Season 2. Now, I do want to talk about these. These are kind of like, um, I guess, pre-reviews, really, uh, of, of these shows. I, I hopefully will talk about them more in detail once, uh, once I get through the whole seasons uh, of WandaVision and... Batwoman, I won't probably get through the whole of Batwoman until it gets sent to me on video Oof, months from now. But but that's but I just want to give you my first impressions because we had as I talked about on this very show, we had some major cast changes in that program. And I'm also going to touch on the um, still with I guess, but DC. The the it has been announced there has now an official date for the Snyder cut of Justice League. So we're going to talk about that as well too. So first off, let's let's go into WandaVision. Now WandaVision is is the the I guess the next first chapter in in the um in the new MCU phase 4 because of you know the ongoing global situation. Uh phase 4 has been severely delayed and now in the last few weeks we finally you know, got got WandaVision coming up, which is, you know, the, the start of many things. It's supposed to tie into Spider-Man 3 and Doctor Strange 2, uh, Multiverse of Madness. So it's all tied in there. And then um, Falcon and Winter Soldier is due out soon, too. Now, this is on Disney+, Plus, and, and courtesy of the great folks at um, uh, through Microsoft Canada, who who were nice enough to provide me um, with with uh, access to uh, Game Pass Ultimate? I part of that service, and and I gotta tell you, folks, I really recommend it. If you're a gamer, you have an Xbox, 
you get so much for what little you pay. And part of it, part of that service is every once in a while they throw you perks. And perks are these little things. A lot of times they're add-ons to games. Uh, or, you know, just a little different extra content for free uh, as being part of the service. And one of them lately, and it was really cool, and was was that you could get a subscription to Disney Plus for three months. And now, unfortunately, at the time of this recording, that perk is gone. Uh, so I hope some of you ramblers out there took advantage of it. And so part of that was I, I got to watch WandaVision. Now, I, I you know, I've watched... I'm not going to go through... I've only got to see four episodes of it, but I didn't want to talk about it, what I've seen so far, because it's a very interesting show. And maybe when it's all said and over, uh, quite a few episodes from now, I'll give you a final, you know, synopsis of what I think about it. I'm not going to go episode for episode for every episode, because other people are doing that, and I don't got that kind of time. But I wanted to cover the first four, anyway, that I've seen. The first... Now, it's very... It's kind of a, a weird kind of meta show. And I heard about this for like months. And it, the main stars, of course, are Wanda, played by Elizabeth Olsen, and then Vision, played by Paul Bettany. Now, a lot of people are thinking, wait a minute. And, and watching WandaVision really makes me want to go back and watch like Infinity War and Endgame again. Uh, you think, wait a minute. The last time you saw a good old Vision, he got a hole in his forehead. Courtesy of Thanos, uh, because he yanked out the Mind Stone, and <laughs> there you go. So, so when this show starts, it's like, what gay? <laughs> What's going on? And and the neat premise of the show, and and for the first three episodes, it's pretty much all this. You see Wanda and and Vision going through sitcoms, you know, from the from the dawn from the fifties, and then right up to the the eighties. Sorta, of, a little bit, uh, with episode four, but I'll talk about episode four in a minute. <laughs> so the first three, uh, 50s is kind of like all bewitched. Um, actually, no, it's more of Dick Van Dyke, so <laughs> it's kind of bewitched. And then the the um, second sh- episode two is is more black and white. Yeah, I guess it's more like first two was kind of Dick Van Dyke sorta, and then second was more bewitched. I really like the first one too. I mean that. They really, the first one, they really captured the essence of a 50s sitcom well. And I said, both two episodes are completely filmed in black and white. So if that really bothers you, which doesn't me, yeah, you might not like it so much. But it adds a nice aesthetic to it. See, so of that. And then the third, we kind of move into, um, move into the, um, the 70s with, um, with uh, with like the Brady Bunch slash Partridge Family, which is kind of cool. Uh, so you have you have that set, and all all while this they they're going through the emotions. It's like one envision are where they have powers, and they're just trying to survive in this weird kind of TV world. And you get a you get a sense from the first three episodes that somebody's trying to reach them, but we don't know who it is. And if you know your Marvel. You'll pick out a certain organization begins with an S, but I'm not talking Shield. That that and is trying to get to her, and and you kind of like they leave a lot to chance. Now in in the comics, uh, Wanda is, is Maximoff is very famous for going Kookaburros and and going and saying a line called "Mutants no more," and for a good chunk of time wiping mutants off the face of Marvel. Uh, for for reasons, and so it it's it. There's that 
there for all you comic-y people. And what's interesting too is I read that that for for the um the for the at least the black and white ones, maybe for the rest of them with, with the sitcom stuff, they film that in from a live studio audience, which is really cool. Uh, and that's very old school TV, and you can kind of tell by the way that people react that that was the case, and that that's neat. And the attention to detail, if you are a fan of those old TV shows, man, the amount of work they put in, like recreating the sets and stuff, yeah, it's really cool. And 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 you know, comparing wise, I liked, I, I liked, uh, I liked the first one. It was more of a a really you know real take on the old shows where the second it was kind of there but you know there but not really there and then the seventh and as, as it goes on it gets it gets uh you know certain things start happening and triggering and one of the other characters that shows up in this neighborhood is it's kind of called agatha agatha right and if you know your comics agatha harkness is a witch and she has her big ties with with good old wanda in the comics so they're kind of building on that there. And by the fourth episode, man, we have, it really, it really shifts because then we get a view from the outside world and it's like catching up. And it sets, and there's, there's and it gets really dark <laughs> in the fourth episode. There's a scene involving Vision. This is like, wow, am I watching something DC? <laughs> it's like, okay. And and it really sheds light. I'm really curious where they go with five because I think five, you're gonna have more of this mix of 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 reality and TV land and and it's really building up to something. It's really building up to a, a really kind of big finale. And and I like it. it. It's it's a neat show. And and really makes me wonder what they're gonna do with the future MCU, because, oh man, there's like so much stuff of rumor of Spider-Man 3 and and, and Doctor Strange 2, and who's showing up, what past Spider-Man actors may be showing up in Spider-Man 3, and all the, and all this multiverse stuff. It <laughs> really is looking kind of cool. So that's that. Uh, I, I, if you're a fan of old sitcoms, Man, uh, you'll 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 appreciate the the early episodes of Wanda Vision more. I thought it's great to see Paul Bettany get to do more with Vision. Whether he does more with Vision after the series is over remains to be seen. I don't know what they're gonna do with him. I'm glad he's getting a second chance to 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 act more in it. I felt kind of sorry for him at the end of Infinity War. It's like, damn, and and I'm not. So, yeah, it's nice to see him do it. And the chemistry those two have together is really good. It, it really works. And and uh, so it's definitely worth checking out. All right, if you're a Marvel fan, and, and if you and if you you miss that 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 perk, darn, because it's really interesting. And and I and like I said I've had a chance to to look through through uh, Disney Plus and I you know I've tried a lot of streaming services I've uh, you know I, I'm off and on with Netflix I've tried Crave I've you know, my wife and I've even tried CBS All Access and 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 you know Disney Plus is there the interface is very similar although I found navigating it with a controller a little tricky because sometimes I'm like going in the wrong space where I don't want to be going but the selection is cool. A lot of old Disney stuff, of course, because of Fox acquisition. A lot of like Fox stuff there as well, and and um, the and the the animation is pretty good too. Like 
there's there's Spider-Man and his amazing friends. There's the Spider-Man show from the 80s, although I did try to watch one of the episodes of the 80s one, and the the, the graininess, I don't know if they're pulling out from an old VHS tape. It is like, wow, you really need to clean it up a little bit. But Spider-Man and Amazing Friends is there. The X-Men from the 90s is there. A lot of Avenger shows I've seen and haven't seen before. So, yeah, a really good selection. They have the Incredible Hulk from like, the early 2000s is there, which is a really cool show. Voice Hulk voiced by Lou Ferrigno and a great theme song. But, and I hope they do add this, I hope they eventually add the 80s. Hulk, too, because that was a great show. I mean, if you're going to do the Spider-Man, throw in that one, too. And Spider-Woman. <laughs> There's an episode with the... I think it's like Spider-Kong with a giant spider and Spider-Man guest stars. And I don't know if the regular Spider-Man voice actor wasn't available, but the dude they get to do him... Man! <laughs> He's not that good. And and at one point, his eyes are yellow. <laughs> Ah, these cartoons. So there you go. There's that there. Although it might have been late seventies. So uh, yeah, it, it's if if you get a chance to take that three months, do it. it uh, because it also you know besides being against one division, I believe Falcon and Winter Soldier are pretty close. And then of course the Loki show happens in May. So lots of stuff coming up for that. And then we're gonna gonna go to shift from that to Batwoman season two. I'm not going to go too much into this, but I had to check it out because of the major cash change, which we've talked about uh, on this very program, where where Ruby Rose said, I'm done with the show. Uh, and <laughs> so they had to bring in a new Batwoman. And I thought, okay, I, I, I just, I want to at least see the first episode and see how they do it. And the character they have chosen to wear the Batsuit Uh, her character's name is Javika Leslie, and she literally, and people are joking about this, but I'm serious, she lives in a van down by the river. She does, literally, in a van. And as this episode goes on, you find out her motivation for wanting to wear the bat suit. And, and what they, like, it wasn't bad enough that, that, you know, in the first season that Kate Kane basically just <laughs> takes the bad suit, modifies it, and goes, well, I'm just going to wear this now. So, so, Chavika is, uh, Chavika's character, Ryan, uh, when she, when she starts, and I don't want anything wrong with her. She's, as an actress, she fills out the suit really well. Um, so she's a homeless lady, and then as we learn in the episode, she came to Gotham, and, and her mother got, like, beat to death by, what a coincidence! The Alice in Wonderland gang, so I hate for Alice. And 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 so at the start of this episode, Kate's Kane is coming back from National City with with um to meet, I guess, with Kara to decide what to do with the little chunk of kryptonite she's had since all of last season. Because of course, you know, according to this show, kryptonite is deadly to Batman. Forget Superman. For some reason, it's the one thing that can penetrate the bat suit. Okay. Yeah, so she was flying back, and then and then her her plane got blowed up, and 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 Kate goes missing. No, nobody found. There's the key to that, people. Nobody found, and and she was flying with the bat suit, and apparently wasn't wearing the bat suit 
because when Ryan, you know, goes to investigate this crash site, she finds the bad suit completely intact, just lying there. Not in the suitcase, nothing, just lying on the ground. And and decides to, to steal it. <laughs> and apparently, although they don't show this, she finds it on camera, it came with a grapple gun. Apparently, you know, just can't leave the house without your bat suit and grapple gun. So she takes the suit to, to feel empowered because her character has just been hit down so many times. So in this universe, it, it's, it's not the person in the suit. It's the suit that makes the person. So in this universe, the bad suit is just something that can be, you know, just changed around and it just magically empowers you and gives you powers. Now, at least for, for Ryan... They they say she has some martial arts background, so explain she can do all the kicky kicks. Okay. <laughs> She's getting thirds in the suit. And and so she takes it, and of course, you know, there's a tracking thing on it, so Lucius and or Luke Fox and the gang quickly find find the suit. And and they and and, and, and not only are they looking for the suit. But but the Tommy from last season, who of course only a slight spoiler here, who now looks like Bruce Wayne, um, finds out that you know that the suit is up for grabs, and he wants the suit. So it leads into a point where Tommy finds finds the 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 Batmobile just by you know dinking around. And ends up chasing this new Batgirl down in her van to get the suit. Because, you know, he's super obsessed with Batman. <laughs> and at one point, when he's chasing her in the van, he sings the Jingle Bells, Batman Smells, Robin Late and Eight song. And whereas Robin in this universe has not been mentioned whatsoever. So that happens. And in Chavika punches the living bejesus out of Tommy in the face. So much so, Playwell rearranges it. And, and still gets to keep the bat suit. So I don't know where this is going to go. Uh, I think that from what I've seen, they're going to slightly retweak it like the big red wig is going to go. I think she's going to have like a red version of her own kind of hair or poof tear through it. I don't know. I don't know. I And, and then they, they write Ruby Rose's character off like her body's missing. So that does open the door for Kate to come back sometime down the road. Because, you know, and, and I hope they do like give that character some kind of closure would be great. But it is what it is. Uh, and, and, and as I said in the last episode, the ratings for the show have dropped immensely. So we'll see if the show can recover. Uh, this show could still be a two-hit wonder a la War of the Worlds, a la uh, a lot of shows that don't make it past the second season. So we'll see. We'll see. Ah, uh, it, it is what it is. I'm not. I'm not going to review anymore. Uh, to it, Alice is still the best part of the show. And, and we'll see where it goes and ends up. But I'm cautiously optimistic. 
when it comes to that. So that's that. Uh, one other thing I want to talk about. I know you're saying, holy moly, Russ, this is a long intro, but I have so much to talk about. It has officially been announced after weeks and months of speculation that the Justice League Snyder Cut, it, it, it finally, finally has a release date. Now, of course... Uh, for the most part, it's only going to be available in the States on HBO Max. So unless you have HBO Max, you are not going to be able to see this. But good news for all us Canadians up here in the Great White North. Crave, the, the online service, which I have tried, is going to pick up that show. So you, for all you Canadians, yes, if you get Crave, you can watch the Justice League Snyder Cut. It is hitting... March 18th is finally a date that y'all will be able to check this out. And I, for one, I'm really looking forward to it. it it's, it's been a lot of hype around it. Snyder has come on quite a bit on the internet to to talk about it. And, and that is cool. Uh, and, of course, this is the cut from the original and is supposed to be much longer, much different than the Joss Whedon theatrical one that was released. So it is going to be on the 18th. Uh, when it comes to that, it is going to be multi-part series. Multi-part. Uh, which is kind of cool. And the... Let's see. Now, they did, they did say it was going to give it... Runtime, so it, it's going to be a four-hour movie broken up into parts. Four hours, and if you look at the original Justice League, it was like so two hours of extra footage he is throwing back into this. And I saw him; he did an interview recently with, with somebody, and he showed this one scene where Diana meets Cyborg in the street, and and he showed his version of it compared to the Whedon version. And holy moly, it's what a difference when it comes to Cyborg's entrance. And it almost makes more sense when you look at Diana compared to the Whedon cut, which I'll just walk out of an alleyway. <laughs> so there you go. And, and it's going to, it says it's going to, um, you know, delve into deeper into specific scenes. We're going to get a lot more of a movie and it's going to be very cool to see what that is out. So for all you guys who have been waiting, 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 that is going to hit in March. So there you go. So that's all the news I have. Man, it's a long, it's a big news chunk for today. But like that, I've been just saving up on this for ages and I really wanted to get it out. Coming up on today's show and for all you sticking with me, huzzah, uh, we're going to talk about season one of Manifest. The great folks at Warner Archive did send me season two of Manifest. Uh, so before I can talk about season two on DVD, I had to do a little catch up and we'll talk about season one. A very interesting TV show. And then we're going to go from uh, missing people that were on a plane to back in time a little bit with the uh, next animated uh, movie from the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment and uh, DC. It is Batman's Soul of the Dragon on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment, where it's Batman in the 70s doing some kung fu. Well, that uh, video review for you today. And then we're going to go from... Some kung fu fighting. Da, 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 da. 
to a brand new movie on Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Universal Home Entertainment, and that is Freaky, a neat movie starring Vince Vaughn, where the the minds of a killer and a teenage girl do the old Freaky Friday, body swaparoo, and so I'll have that review for it. That's a movie, you know, I I saw the ads for it, and I thought, man, I want to check that out for a while. That was on today's show, and that toward enough, we're going to wrap things up with a book review from the great folks at DK, and this is a book I've had for a bit, but I want to talk about it, so we're going to throw it up today, and that is What to Watch When, hardcover courtesy of DK, which uh, is features a thousand TV shows for every mood and moment, so I'll talk about this particular book on today's show, since it's a somewhat TV-centric show. So that is it for what's on today's show. We're going to take a little musical interlude right off the first review of the program. My TV show review for this episode is Manifest Season 1. Now we're going to start with Season 1 because I had Season 2 sent to me, courtesy of great folks at Warner Archive, and it's one of these shows I'd heard about it. I thought, you know what, before I go Season 2, I better check out Season 1 First, and I'm glad I did, because this show is very interesting. One of the main stars of Manifest is an actor which I kind of really admired him in another show, which I have talked about on this very program. That is Josh Dallas, who plays Ben Stone. Now, you're thinking to yourself, hey, that name sounds familiar, and it should, because he formerly was in Once Upon a Time, where he played Prince Charming. And in this role, he's very much... A um a um a kind of prince charming kind of guy. Well, without he's that same kind of moral high ground kind of attitude. I really like he, this actor. I mean, he's so so he plays a very similar, just not from a fantasy world kind of guy. And he uh, and his character, along with many others, including his sister Michaela Stone, played by Melissa Roxborough. Uh, our, our passengers, uh, along with him, her and his son, Cal, who's a really good little actor, i got to tell you, uh, played by Jack Messina, they're all part of a, of a flight, uh, Flight 828, which, in the whole premise of the show, is that this flight um, goes disappears for five years. It goes missing, and yet for all the people on the plane, it's literally like minutes since they took off and they landed again. So, so in, in a kind of a marvelly way, and much like what I talked about for the game, first plane, it's like they got blipped. It's like just that plane got blipped away for five years, and then only they came back. So it's very much kind of what the the characters in Endgame went through when they came back. Like the they went away, but the world went on without them. And and it's them dealing with that. And the mystery behind what happened to this flight is is kind of the thorough through for the whole show. Because nobody can explain where they went to, why they were gone, and how they came back. So that's the big premise of the show, this manifest of characters. Along, along the way, the other kind of main characters in this one... Is you of um, Olive Stone, who is played by um, Luna Place. She is the twin of of Cal, although because of the time skip, when he comes back, she's five years older than him. 
And in Cal, in this, he's a he's a, he was being treated for cancer. So 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 that that's kind of the state he's in. And this kid, this kid Cal, he's very much like it's, it brings up a lot of like um, that 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 M Light Shyamalan movie. Um, oh, why am I remembering the sign? I think. Where the kid is like super spooky, <laughs> yeah, in it, and 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 he, he carries that vibe really well. Like it's like a spooky kind of psychic kid. And as the the and as the show goes on, it's it's these it's when these characters kind of readjusting to to their their life back and also the the circumstances around it because. As they come back, we, we realize that that in, as the show season goes on, there's a bit of a cover up going on with this with the government, and a lot of the government knows things that they're not telling, and so you have that kind of intrigue in there. And everybody that comes back starts to develop this thing that they call in the show the calling, which is voices that are speaking into their heads, kind of giving them advice, and, and that along with Cal, who can kind of draw what he draws, it becomes the future. And that really plays out big at the end of the season. The show has so many twists and turns. Also, to add to the drama, uh, while they were away, um, Melissa's, uh, the McKellar Stone's mother dies while they're gone. So there's a bit of heartbreak there. And and we find out through the course of the season that McKellar was almost ready to accept the wedding proposal of her boyfriend, uh, like she was thinking about it, but in those five years, he went and married her best friend before she could say yes to his proposal. So you have that relationship there in there. And then while while um, Ben Stone was away, his wife kind of had an affair with another dude that stepped in because they thought Ben was dead. So there's that. And and the character of... of um, of um, the wife, I'm telling you, Cal. Oh, not Cal. What's her name? What's her name? What's her name? Olivia Stone. Is that Olivia or is that is it the daughter or the husband? All right. Well, the 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 mother. I'm telling you, she Ben's Ben's wife. It's like it's weird seasons where you start off and you like hate her. She is like you got to be kidding me. <laughs> she is. Is is just not a nice person in this. She, you just, you just want to like go to her. She's not nice. So yeah. So yeah. So um, Luna, yeah, is the daughter, and she doesn't have a lot of role to play in this. She's kind of there, like supportive, but a lot of it, she is kind of background filler. I'm hoping they like do more with her in the second season. We'll see. Uh, when it comes to that, so but the the wife, uh, she is just not a nice person. <laughs> so she ends up having an affair. Grace, that's it. Uh, played by Athena Car Carcanis. She ends up having an affair with another dude. She thinks he's dead, and when she comes back, he comes back, and like I feel sorry for Ben, man. He just didn't ask for this. She's so mean. It's not near to the end of the season that she starts turning around and like be a little nicer. 
Uh, and it's it's very suspenseful. There's a lot of twists and turns to it. And I said the second, first season ends in such a cliffhanger that man, if this had been a one season wonder, but a lot of PO'd people. I, I'm I'm looking forward to getting into the second season because I said it was a huge first season cliffhanger to it. And yeah, I like where it's going. And and they, they did something in, in the end of the first season without spoiling it that really kind of set a timeline for the show. Like, unless some things change, this show is only going to go X amount of seasons and a lot of characters. Mm. Uh, it, you know, it's it's going to be game over, man. And and so there's, there's that element to it, which is really interesting. So I'm really curious to see where they go in the second season. More intrigue. And there's this character of the Colonel, who's this female kind of antagonist. Very curious to see where they go with her and and the Cal Kid. Cal Kid is good. He's a good little actor. The only thing that kind of threw me off the whole season, and I had the same complaint when I saw the redo of Cinderella a while back, is I don't know why they do this, and I don't really know how much this naturally happens, really. Maybe I'm just, I don't notice it. But the who plays for Kayla, she has very blonde hair, but her eyebrows are super dark, like, like not even blonde. And like, what the what? And this was the same thing in the Cinderella redo. It doesn't, it throws you off. You're like, you're seeing her face. You're going, why are your eyebrows darker than your hair? <laughs> what the heck? I maybe it's just me, maybe, but that just throws me out a little bit because every time you close your face, it's just like, why is that different? the The music in the show is really good. I like the suspense in it. I, I I really will we ever get an explanation what happened to that plane? I don't know. They could string this out for a while, but if you like. Murder Intrigue, and I said, um, Josh is great. Uh, I think he does just as good a job in this as he did in Once Upon a Time. And it's nice to see him find smart work uh, when it comes to that. But uh, but a fun show, uh, a really good one. I'm hoping I can get through the second season, first second season runs really quickly. And I'll you know, try to get the uh, that season review for you up for the next show, if not the show after. But I'll try. But uh, it's worth checking out if if you can, and it it's it's a, it's a show. I like the premise. I like the premise. It's 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 a it's an idea that hasn't been redone over and over and over again. So we'll see where it goes. But that's my take of Manifest season one.
episode is Batman Soul of the Dragon courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment Warner Brothers Home Entertainment sent me a copy of this video to review for the podcast the opinions I share are my own now this is the latest of course in the in the direct video DC Universe movies and and I was very intrigued by by this movie press the premise is is that this is Batman set in the 1970s and is very much kind of like a, a, a tribute, a homage, if you will, to all those 1970s kind of kung fu movies. Now, although Batman is in the title, you are not going to see a lot of the blue and gray caped crusader in this show. Even though he's the title character, this is very much a Richard Dragon adventure uh when, when it comes to that even the opening title sequence is pretty much focusing more on him than on batman it is very james bondy by the way it's, it's a nice cool kind of 
It's like if it's like a James Bond intro. All it's missing is a singer, but the music is right up there. So in a lot of ways, Batman himself, and I'm, if you're looking for a movie with a lot of like Batman on screen, does not take up a lot of screen time. In the last 30 minutes of this piece, yeah, that's the most you're going to see him. He's a little bit in the beginning, and whoosh, he's gone. You see far more of Bruce Wayne in this than you ever see of Batman. So truth be told, you know, I'm going to be honest with you guys. It, it's not a very Batman-heavy movie. It, it's it's a lot of it is centered around the early days of Bruce Wayne. If you know the character, you know that Bruce Wayne, in, early in his career, went, you know, to the Middle East to learn martial arts, to prepare him for being Batman. And this has been documented a lot of times over the years, and especially in the bonus cartoons that are on this set, but more on that in a bit. So, so a lot of this covers his, you know, early years uh, doing martial arts training and, and the fellow students he had along with him along the way, which included Richard Dragon, also included Lady Shiva. And if you know your DCU, you know who Shiva is. And Bronze Tiger, who we've seen before uh, when it comes to animated features. So Bronze Tiger has been in other stuff before. So it's kind of cool that, that he's... In this and and the the bronze tiger voice actor is actually voiced by an actor who's been bronze who's who's bronze tiger in the Arrowverse. So that's cool. They got the actual actor who plays him on screen to do voice acting for him in this. <laughs> Richard Dragon is voiced by Mark DeCassos. Bruce Wayne and slash Batman. Although not a lot of Batman. Is voiced this time by David uh, Guintoli. And I think this is a good job. I, I like his version of Bruce Wayne Batman. Although, again, you don't hear a lot of Batman. Kelly Who is in this as Lady Shiva. Really good choice. All the guys that are cast can do martial arts. And Kelly Who makes a great Shiva. I'm not surprised she doesn't do the before, but she really works with that. Uh, and again, Michael J. White is Ben Turner slash Bronze Tiger. So again, it's nice to see that you know, he gets more work as that character. So those are your main ones. There's also a character of Jade, played by Jamie Chung, although she isn't around very long. So it's one of these stories where the 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 the, the takes a bit in the past with them training as as you know young students, and then the past comes back to them in future because it all is on this this magical sword. That opens a portal to a very nasty dimension. So that's cool. And also, another really cool, uh, really interesting voice actor in this one is the actor of James Hahn, who plays O-Sensei. So yeah, James Hahn, who, who has been... God, his career. I looked this up. He has been in so much stuff. He was the main villain in... One of my favorite John Carpenter movies, Big Trouble in Little China. If you've ever seen that movie, that that was Hong. That was such an, an amazing, <laughs> such a fun Patrick Swayze movie. And there, there looks, and I've heard they're remaking that with with Dwayne the Rock Johnson as the Patrick Swayze character, not um, Patrick, uh, Kurt. No, Kurt Russell character. Oh, I was named Swayze. Kurt Russell character. So, yeah, that 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 was cool. The James Ong is in this. He has done so much voice work, and he really worked. He still has it. 
So that's cool. So if you want to see him acting, just watch Big Trouble Little China. You'd be glad you did. Uh, so he's in that, and and it's it's a, it's an odd movie. The, the the martial arts in this is great. Right there, and and as with most DC universe animated movies, this is not for the kiddies. As I've said many times, there is a beheading in this. Maybe I think more than one. Uh, there's a lot of blood. It's it's really intense. There's even a scene of like kind of a hinting of prostitution there. So yeah, it, as I always say with some of this directed video stuff, if you have young kids that that just want to watch some superhero Batman stuff, stick to the old animated series. Stick to Justice League. This is once again in the land of. And intended for an older audience. But it's it's a nice kind of look back into that chapter of Batman's, you know, kind of past. The music in this is very 70s. So it's really on par that way, which may be another turnoff for some young kids. And it's it's a neat sign-in. I, I find it, it's, it's very light on the bat, and it ends in a way that, man, does it ever scream for a sequel. Jeez Louise does it ever scream for a sequel. So we will see where they go when it comes to that. Overall, it, it's fun. The animation style is is very much... It's kind of where we're going now, although it's less... Um, it's nice and plain and simple. It's less kind of uh, that kind of bright stuff from Superman Man of Tomorrow. It's, it's more a little gritty. Comes Batman. Also, we get a look at a, like a 70s Batmobile in this too, which is kind of neat. So you get Batmobile in this. So that's cute. Um, and overall, it's it's a fun story, just um, you know, not necessarily for kids. Now, for extras, you do get a good slate with this, and and 4K the movie looks gorgeous. So pick it up if you can. You you have the you, you have featurettes in this one are Batman Raw Groove, which is the cast and crew actually talking about producing this. So you have that, and and you actually get to hear from some of the voice actors in the featurette. Huzzah! That is so cool. I wish they would do that more often. So that was neat. Uh, neat to see. So producer Jim Crick's far out highlights. This is one of the producers dressed in 70 gear. So you get a fair, decent behind the scenes. And that's Bruce Tim is in this looking old as always. No audio commentary, which is a bit of a shame. I would have liked to have heard that. You do get, as usual, a sneak peek into the next one, which is coming out in a few months, which is going to be Justice Society World War II, which is Kennedy. It's Justice Society in World War II. I, I like the preview for it. The animation looks really nice too. And stars a lot of nice GSA member, uh, GSA characters like Wonder Woman, Hawkman, uh, I think Black Canary, uh, uh, quite a few of, of the old school JSA. And what is weird about that, and and this throws me with the packaging, and I don't know why they did this. Speaking of the JSA, on the side artwork of of the slipcase and the actual DVD case. Usually, you know, you have like a little image of a character in the thing, like in Superman Tomorrow, it's Lobo. Uh, maybe somebody screwed up in the printing department. I don't know. Also, the the uh, forecast is really shiny kind of cover. On the side is a picture of Wonder Woman, who's not in this at all. 
And it looks like Wonder Woman from the next JSA feature that's coming out months from now. So it's like, this probably should be on that box, and it's on this box. And if the JSA one comes out, and there's Batman on the side of it, <laughs> or some other character from this, and not Wonder Woman again, whoops, um, somebody screwed up in printing. That That is too funny. Uh, you hardly ever see that, but it happened. And as I said, um, speaking about older, more safer Batman cartoons, as always with these releases, uh, you, you always get bonus cartoons from the past. This time around, it's two, ep and they always kind of tie in to to um, they tie in to the this particular movie. This time around, from Batman the Animated Series, it is Night of the Ninja and Day of the Samurai, which works really well and ties in to this movie because it talks about Batman and his previous training. So that's cool. Good choices there. This is, I said, rated R. They actually rated R because of the violence and stuff. So be forewarned, as I like to say sometimes, not all animation is for children. And this is one Batman where, yeah, I, I, if you have like five, six-year-olds, maybe not so appropriate. <laughs> Just, you know, but a neat got a, you know, another glimpse into the past and his training. And, um, you know, I'd, I'd like to see maybe we'll see more of, of Richard Dragon because they definitely set him up as a character here. And, and it almost had a feel to me of like um, Batman and the Outsiders kind of feel to it. So there you go. That is my take of, of, of Batman. Oh, and also... There are also other other interesting characters in this one. He's even um, King Snake in this is in this, and King Snake, if you know, is uh, one of the main villains that fought against uh, the Tim Drake Robin back in the day. So that is my take of Batman: Soul of the Dragon on 4K Blu-ray, courtesy of the great folks at Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. Whoa. Oh, 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 oh,
review for this episode is Freaky, courtesy of Universal Home Entertainment. Now, I said at the start of the show, it's one of these movies I saw the trailer for, and I thought, wow, this is kind of a neat premise, because, you know, Ramblers, I just, I see so many movies and TV shows, and every once in a while, I like to see something where somebody comes up with something new, and this is a, is a movie that takes that whole concept of Freaky Friday, which is, you know, the old body-swapping premise, to, to a different level in it in this movie a a deranged serial killer played by vince vaughn who does a good job with it uh swaps bodies with a young high school girl and 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 they have 24 hours to to switch it before the for the effect comes permanent now what i like about it is that the, the this movie starts off you can tell, and this is a, definitely a horomedy, right? It's a horror comedy. Absolutely. <laughs> the way it's played. And the movie starts off so much like like an, uh, like a, a Friday the 13th movie or a Scream movie. You can tell that the directors of this really, you know, enjoy the genre be, be, because it... It, it it plays very much like a horror movie. Like the deaths in the early part of it are like boom right away. And right off the bat, folks, I'm gonna tell you, this is a gory movie. It is not it's not for the faint at heart. There is a death in this one involving a buzzsaw, which is like, okay, I don't remember the last time I've seen a death like that before. So <laughs> you can it's quite something uh, when it comes to that. So, 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 in the start of the movie, we kind of establish that the Catherine Newton character of Millie, she's very much, um, you know, like a, a very shy kind of withdrawn girl. She she lives with her mother, and I don't think there's a dad in the picture, and her older sister is a cop, and she's very much an introvert. You can tell that they they establish that pretty easy at the start of this movie. And she has a couple of friends, uh, um, and, and Millie's white, uh, and she has a, an African-American kind of friend, uh, that, that, that's her friend that, uh, Nyla, uh, the character of Nyla played by Celeste O'Connor. And then the character of Josh played by Misha Osherovich, who plays, I, in some ways though, the Josh character, he plays such a stereotypical gay kid. Like the even having at one point walking around carrying like a purse, <laughs> it's it's so man they ever play that up. So they're they're her best buds in this, and she's yeah. It started as very much kind of a loner, just with those two that uh, they're only friends in high school. So so starting the movie, you know, starts with the whole like kind of stuff. Well, they don't do that because probably copyright reasons. Um. So 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 the butcher played by Vince Vaughn, he he invades the um school of Millie and and before he goes there he stumbles across this really freaky blade that has a glowy skull in it. And unbeknownst to him, I don't think it was unbeknownst to him, it was just a just a you know just a thing to kill somebody. This blade is a cursed blade that so that when he stabs Millie with it, their minds swap bodies. <laughs> so the mind of the butcher is in this teenage girl and she gets trapped in his body. 
And this movie is very much like the the recent Jumanji movies. And it's that same kind of feel in it where you have these characters, these actors playing other characters. Like in Jumanji, you had, you know, Rock, Dwayne, pretending he's he's playing a character of a mind of a younger guy in the Rock's body. And Vince Vaughn is doing that same kind of thing in this one. And he really does well playing Millie because <laughs> the awkwardness... And and the um and the, the the body language and the way he talks and this one scene with him and and this this, this young boy in the car that is like love interest to Millie is so like it's so weird and creepy uh in it but he does a good job and and the actress I'll give Catherine Newton too credit for playing the butcher because she starts off as such like a milk toast. But then when the, the that killer's mind goes in her body, her body language, her facial expressions completely changes. And and it and they they both pull it off really well in that. And and, and it works. And so the whole movie, it, it's like they need to like recover recover the the, the stagger and, and redo the restabbing before one she strapped in it and you know and and Killer starts killing people using her body. It, it's it's very much an R movie. Holy moly, is it an R movie? <laughs> it it's although uh, it's rated thirteen plus here in Canada, but I guarantee you in the states it's an R. And another movie where even though there are kids in it, it's not for kids. Now it doesn't go to the trope of nudity. So unlike say a Friday the Thirteenth, whatever, there's no you know there's no topless ladies in this. They keep it... It's like... The violence is there, though. Woo! The violence. But but none of the other part of it. Overall, this is... It's, it's, it's a fun movie to watch. Uh, uh, and, of course, it has quotes, because I love quotes. Uh, it has a uh, bloody body swap and blast, and that's by Drew Taylor of The Collider. Yeah! yeah I'd agree with that. And A Bloody Good Time by Simon Thompson of IGM. Now, you know, Ramblers, we live here. I live up in Canada. So one of the funny things about getting videos in Canada that y'all in the States probably don't see is a lot of times when they come up here, the titles of said movies (laughs) often get translated. Now, sometimes the translations are are like spot on right they're like exactly um right on the money right and then sometimes they are completely off and and i pointed this out many times on the show and this is one of these times where it actually is on the money um the the of course the the french title for freaky is bizarre and and that is what it is here. So that, for once, is a literal translation. I know it doesn't sound right, but bizarre is French for freaky. Although it's also bizarre, but I guess it works as well. So, you know, uh, <laughs> that that is an actual for once literal translation so go at it that at it, it's like it's one of those weird french translations where bizarre is also bizarre but freaky works for bizarre too 
there you go. For extras in this set, I, I gotta admit, Universal always does a good job <laughs> when it comes to extras. You go, you not only get commentary, I did not have time to listen to commentary. I wish I had, but I didn't. But but you do get a lot of featurettes and, and the body swapping and, and the production of... They, they use a lot of practical effects. You get to hear the actors talking about portraying each other. So there's there's a fair bit of, of featurettes in this release. And they're very much for Universal does it. We're all along the side when you go in it. So you get a big bang for your buck. Um... Will will this and this is the killer switch edition, by the way, that I'm reviewing. The will this and this actually was certified fresh for Rotten Tomatoes. Uh will this spawn a sequel? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we'll see. But I, I like the twist in it. Um, I um, Vince Vaughn for me is one of those actors, much like uh, Nicolas Cage. Some things I've liked him in. Some things I can't stand him in. Uh, but this role wasn't bad. Uh, you know, I, 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 and he's, he's done some goofbally comedies that, you know, I won't watch. But but this one, it worked. He pulled off menacing, and he also pulled off being a teenage girl. Just as well as I would say that that the actors pulled off being teenagers and adult bodies in Jumanji. Very much. I don't know if this is a trend with movies, but it's an interesting update to the old kind of freaky, body-switchy genre, which hasn't... She's just kind of having a weird upswing lately. So that is my take of Freaky, the Killer Switch edition on Blu-ray, courtesy and Blu-ray DVD combo by courtesy of the great folks at Universal Home Entertainment.
for this episode is what to watch when a thousand tv shows for every mood and moment courtesy of dk publishing oh this is a very interesting book and covers a lot of tv shows in 480 pages and what it does is it breaks up these shows into categories you have uh what to watch when and then uh when you want to get your pulse racing uh, when when you have three generations in one sofa, when you want to escape to a different time, when you want to we want a cozy night in, when you need to feel good, when you f- need to feel gomon, when you need a really good laugh, when you want to learn something new, when you feel like wallowing, when you want to switch off and when you want to be scared witless they all don't start with the wins and it's probably the most time i've said when in a row in a podcast ever <laughs> and the way the show is brought out <laughs> broken out is you have all these categories right so they're so they're broken down in these categories and each one it describes the show describes the category it's in with their comedy what it's rated how many minutes per episode how many seasons it ran and then has like little illustrations and factoids of each of the shows. Now, I got to say, the for the most part, and here's the caveat here, for the most part, it's a pretty good directory. And it touches on most of the big shows of the day, you know. You no, know, there's your Buffy, X-Files, MASH, uh, Magnum, all the, all the kind of big ones from the last decades or so of TV are in here. But... But, my friends, oh, the omissions in this. Yes, it will cover things like Max Headroom, but nowhere in this is really, really cool kind of cult shows like Mantis. There's no werewolf. Sure, they throw an Ottoman and Manimal, but there is no Viper. There is so many shows that are not. No Riptide, no Hardcastle and McCormick. In here, it's all these shows. There's so many shows that are omitted in this guide, and there's so many shows in here. One I've never heard of before, and two I don't give a rat's toot about. And it's like, what? There's so many. It's like I never heard of it. The description sounds stupid. I probably won't watch it. And and most of them 
are in the category of you want to learn something new and you feel like wallowing. And <laughs> so many entries in here, they're like, the show sounds dumb. I've never heard of it before. Yada, yada, yada. And so many, so many in there that they could have put in that they didn't. And so many that were omitted that shouldn't have been omitted. And, and that's like, what the heck? Like, where are you, you know, and I, come on, Ramblers. I know I've been watching TV, you know, for decades now. All right. <laughs> so I'm not some Johnny come lately to TV. And this is weird. These weird shows like Ugly Delicious and, and, and oh, a lot of these weird reality shows. Like there's so many of them in here. You know, like, why? Um, so there's a lot of things I would I would completely cut out and go, no, don't need to be here, no, don't need to be here, don't need to be here. So there's that. Um it is a nice small book. The illustrations are kind of cute. I uh, like those. And it does include a ribbon, so you can keep your place in it. A lot of other books do that, but a nice little ribbon to see, like, oh, I found the show. But I want to remember it so I can look it up later through something else. Like Gracie and Frankie. I never heard of it. Um, and, but, so you can kind of bookmark it with this ribbon and then go back to it and then go, oh, what's that show? That's the one I wanted to look up. And then do it that way. So that's cool. But it does, you know, some entries like go Canadian stuff like Kids in the Hall. So yay for that. And there are some omissions. Are there some things there that that I'm glad to see there? But, but the amount that's there then doesn't make sense to me. And the amount that's here that is like, why this was a popular show at the time. No, like no werewolf. There's a show. People look it up. No team night rider. Like oh God, the amount that isn't here, uh, is mine freaking boggling. And, and that's, now, you could say to yourself, well, Russ, you know, that would make it, you know, it'd be like a huge book if you put, like, freaking everything in here. And yes, yes, I admit, it would be a much bigger book if you put all the shows in here that I think are missing. Like, Max Hedra was in here. But, I don't know. I mean, you know, you could have even thrown Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, and it's not in here. Show, show that, that thing that's been on for, like, 20 plus years and it's still going. They just keep changing up the Rangers. <laughs> so it is what it is. It's a unique book. Um, uh, I've never seen it like this before. I I just think, just, I said, the, the omissions and, and the entries to some of these uh, just make me scratch my head. Uh, and the write-ups are decent. I mean, uh, for all the shows I have heard of, they they do they do put stuff in here. I mean I mean there's a fair amount of Canadian content. I mean there's like Kim's Convenience, which I guarantee you most people stateside are gonna go. What was that show? I've never seen it because I don't know much about outreach and can't and U.S. That show was hidden or hit or is, or is gone. Like it amazes me Americans know about Shit's Creek, but the power of Eugene Levy. Uh, so there's that. So it is what it is. It's a nice little companion book for TV. I just have slight little issues with some of the content. But there are some shows in there that I've enjoyed that maybe you've never heard of. 
you know, there are a lot in there that should be in there that, you know, it's, it's a kind of a look through, uh, especially for some cult shows like Dollhouse and stuff. Like there's a show that should have gotten more time, but there you go. So that is my take of what to watch when a thousand TV shows for every mood and moment, courtesy of DK Publishing. That's going to wrap things up for this episode of the show. Hope you all enjoyed it. As always, you can touch me the number of ways. You're going to check me out on Twitter. I'm at Rambling Russ, at R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S. Tweet me, I'll tweet you back. I appreciate all the followers and retweets and stuff on Twitter. Any kind of new postings for shows, all the artwork that I, that I like to put up for TV shows and movies that I review, I generally chuck it up there. So keep that in mind. And any kind of updates, I will throw them on Twitter. So check me out there. I try to be semi-active on Twitter as much as I can. Of course, you can check out all new shows right here on the Talk Shoot Network. I'm show 18411. That's my caller ID. Feel free to leave a review or comment in the comment section. I encourage that. Uh, so you can find all my new shows right here as well on many other podcast directories across the World Wide Web, including Google Play and Spotify. If you're looking for a little bit of a history lesson on the show, you can go back and check out my older shows on my original home on the internet. That is at HTTP, full colon, backslash, backslash, rambling Russ, R-A-M-B-L-I-N-G-R-U-S-S, dot Libsyn, that's dot L-I-B-S-Y, and as in November, dot com. That's my original home on the internet where I have over, geez, seven, eight years of podcasting goodness going back from 2006 to 2013, and then I jumped more of a full-time basis here on Talk shoe. Lots of great content there, including some older um, older reviews for only older stuff that you want to check out. Lots of convention coverage from the years I went to Fan Expo. Lots of great reviews. And, and check that out there. Also, you can find out my older shows in iTunes to podcasts. Just type in Ramble Russell in the search engine. You'll find them there. And as well with the new shows, lots of directories across the World Wide Web. You just Google it and you'll find me. So check me out where you can. That is where I am coming up on future episodes of the show. Lots to talk about. I am, I'm doing my best to play catch up. It's one of these times in life where I have so much stuff and only want to rest. But we'll do. Uh, as I said, did get through season one of Manifest, so I'll be working on season two as it goes and have that review for you. That DVD was sent to me courtesy of Warner Archive, so I'll be reviewing that very soon. Along with that, I am trying to make my way through season one of Snowpiercer on Blu-ray, courtesy of Warner Brothers Home Entertainment. A very interesting show where it's a really long train in the future. So I've, I've kind of got a good start on that. Also, uh, working my way through Doom Patrol season one because Warner Brothers Home Entertainment did send me Doom Patrol season two. So I'm continuing with my um, CW superhero catch-up. Uh, with Doom Patrol. Darn good show. I'm almost through the first season. I can tell you right now, I love the theme song for Doom Patrol. So I'm so close to finishing that. So uh, at the very least, I'll have the first season review for that. That was courtesy of my wallet quite a long time ago. And then I'll try to follow season two, either the same show or shortly after. We'll see. But that is on schedule for the coming weeks. As well, the nice folks at Paramount did send me a copy on Blu-ray of SpongeBob. The SpongeBob movie, Sponge on a Run on Blu-ray. Yeah, another SpongeBob movie. So, <laughs> if you hate that, just keep making SpongeBob. 
Also, uh, from Universal, they did, uh, as well as Freaky, they did send me the Kevin Costner Dying Lane movie, Let Him Go. Or Laissez Le Parte. On Blu-ray, so I'll have that for you coming up from Universal. Uh, so that is cool. Also, from Paramount, one of these days, I'll get around to uh, reviewing, hopefully soon, uh, Dreamland on Blu-ray and Jungle Land on DVD. I don't know why they came out <laughs> with the same landy stuff. So that will be in the near future. Also, I still have quite a few titles I need to get through, too, from the great people at Go West Entertainment. No, no sorry, no, I have to, well, Go USA Entertainment. I'm thinking of the old song, Go West. So from Well Go US Entertainment, still need to get through uh, Cutthroat City, as well as The Legend of Tumoris and Invincible Dragon, all three of those on Blu-ray, and Max Cloud. Should be on its way on me on Blu-ray very soon. I gave you like a mini, I'll give you a really, like a review of that, but I'll be giving you my ticket of the Blu-ray. That soon, hopefully with some extras too. So that, I know it's in the mail. It's coming to be on the near future. Also, I, <laughs> I did get a chance. Um, I finally got a hold of uh, Big Little Lies Season 2 and DVD because uh, that got almost lost in the mail, but I'll try to get that review for you guys in the near future. Also, uh, stuff coming up. More DK books. I got a few kicking around. I still got to get two, and I'll try to get those on the show. Also, um, I did get... Uh, it's a brand new series coming again to CBC Gem. This time it's on the Supernatural called Supernatural Solutions. Uh, I should be getting, um, I, I'm gonna, um, in my ongoing effort to bring interviews back to the show, I, I will be not only reviewing the series, which I've had a good chance to look at so far, I'll be talking to some people behind the series, and that will be on uh, an episode of Extra in the near future. So, more interviews coming back on the show. As well, uh, in the next little bit, uh, I shall hopefully be getting a copy of Crudes 2 from Universal on Blu-ray and a giveaway possibly attached with that. So I'm working on that. Yes, I'm going to give away since Trolls 2. So keep listening. I hopefully will be able to give another, some more copies of another movie away. So if you want free movies from me, keep listening to another show. I love doing giveaways. And also, I did put a request in for the movie The Last Vermer, and maybe, possibly, an interview, going to see if I can wangle one with Guy Pierce, because that would be really cool. So, lots of content along the way coming up, and I'm going to have to bring interviews back to this program, and I'm still trying to work on bringing more YouTubers. I would like to get Mike from Cool Factor back in. He is more than happy to come back to the show, and I would like to, you know, have him back on the show, because he was a fun interview, and I got... Lots of questions to him. And a big thanks to him if he's listening. He uh, Occasionally, I'll pop into his live streams doing Lego and plug the show, and he's fine with that. So, could you watch uh, Mike from The Cool Factor? And you might even see me in a live chat sometime when he does those, because occasionally I like to pop it and say hello. And if you do say hello, there, tell him I sent you. <laughs> you know, just the thing. So, that is, you know... Coming up in the weeks to come. Oh, one other DVD title I got from Paramount is an animated thing from Nickelodeon called the Casa Grandes, which looks very similar to the animation from a loud house. So we'll possibly try and get through that as well. Oh, coming up in future episodes of the show and maybe from Paramount. One of these days, I'll get to watching the rest of Wi-Fi. Oh, we'll see. That is it for me. I've talked enough in this show. Man, it's another big one. 
and we'll talk to you. And by the way, if you like these bigger shows, let me know if you prefer, I trim it down a little more. It's what I usually do, which is close to under an hour. Again, let me know. I only know if you let me know and tweet it out to me. My DMs are open if you want to DM me, but feel free to just tweet on my page, please. That is it for me. I'm going to be out of here for now, and we'll catch you next time right here on Round Wilson. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.